Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin. Yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. Qala Allahu ta'ala. Wa man yuti'i allaha wal rasul. فأولئك مع الذين أنعم الله عليهم من النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين وحسن أولئك رفيقة ذلك الفضل من الله وكفى بالله عليما. The title for this conference is prophetic perseverance. It's about gaining inspiration from the Prophet ﷺ life and realizing that no matter what your life is facing, you can persevere and push through. So throughout today, you have listened to lecture after lecture intended to inspire our hearts and teach us how to live a life of perseverance. And today, I was asked to speak about the fact that one of the ways you will gain strength in the ability to push through the difficulties, whether it be a difficulty of avoiding sin, whether it be a difficulty of obeying Allah, whether it be a social difficulty you have within your family. The way that you will persevere is you must realize this. You must realize that you aren't alone, you are with those blessed by Allah. I want to begin by all of us realizing that we all need other people. Ever since we were young children, we've been saying to those around us, I can do it. I can do it myself. My young Qasim is only seven years old. He'll be carrying the bags in almost double his weight. And he'll say, Dad, I could do it. I could do it. The reality is, we can't do it alone. The reality is, the stronger you get, the more you realize you need strong people around you. The reality is, that being alone is scary. Being the only one wearing a hijab on campus is scary. Being the only one representing the sunnah in your school is scary. As children, we fear being alone. The moment we lose sight of our parent, we freak out. And then when we see them again, we feel comforted. And all of us fears dying alone without loved ones around us. Every day, brothers and sisters, we read in Surah Al-Fatiha, Ihdina. Sirat al-Mustaqim. All of us read over and over again this prayer to Allah. Oh Allah, guide us on the straight path. And then we read the next verse. Sirat al-Ladina an'amta alayhim. Guide us to the path of those that were blessed by you. There's another verse in Surah Al-Nisa, verse 69. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains who's the blessed people. 
Who else is on that path with us? See, sometimes when you're, you're in a race, when you're on a hike, when you're on a journey, and you really get tired, when you look to your side, when you look to the left and right, and you see other people grinding the way you're grinding, going ahead the way you're going ahead, it strengthens you. It allows you to keep going. Perseverance for Dean is about realizing you're not alone on this journey. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in verse number 69, Surah An-Nisa, write it down, look at it after this dars. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولِ Whoever obeys Allah and His Rasul, فَأُولَٰئِكَ Those people, مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ Those people will be with the ones who Allah has blessed, meaning you're not alone. And then the verse continues, who are those blessed people? مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ You are with the prophets. You're holding on to the sunnah, you're with the prophets. You're praying when the world around you doesn't care about Allah and God, you're with the prophets. You're, you're avoiding haram, but you feel alone amongst your friends set. Everybody else is like, bro, chill. Miftah conference is over. <laughs> bro, chill. And you're like, no, I feel alone in this moment. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, exactly this point, he says, why did Allah tell us who are the ones blessed on that path? Because when you're a believer, it feels like you're by yourself. But sisters, you're not by yourself. You're on the same path that Maryam walked, alayhi salatu You're on the same path that Asiya walked, alayhi salatu You're not alone on the path. So Allah said, if you're obeying Allah, if you're obeying the Rasul, don't think for a minute you're by yourself. Because the moment you think you're by yourself, shaitan makes you feel hopeless. It makes you feel hopeless. I can't, I, I, there was a phase when I was like, I was running marathons and like half marathons and stuff, right? And we had this Muslim run club down in Dallas, because Dallas is lit, you know. And I was running my first 10K. And... It was the most spiritual thing outside of spiritual stuff I've ever experienced. Yeah. The most spiritual thing outside of spiritual stuff I've ever experienced. And the reason I say that is because there's so many times that you feel like quitting. There's so many times you feel like stopping. But I had someone with me. His name is Haytham. And he was with me the whole time. And the whole time he'd be like, Sheikh, let's go. Sheikh, let's go. Sheikh, come on. And I would look around and see other people. And I would see people in front of me running. And people to the side of me running. And I would realize, I'm suffering now. I'm struggling now. But I'm not alone. Shaitan makes us feel that we're by ourselves. You're the only one in this masjid with family drama. You're the only one in this masjid whose father ain't around. Or is around, but ain't around. You're the only one in this masjid that has trouble lowering your gaze. <laughs> the only one. That's what shaitan makes you feel. But you are not the only one. You are not the only one. And you are not the first or the last that will overcome that battle. Takbir. You were saying it was coming. You should have just let it go. 
New Jersey, just let it out. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us who's on that path. The prophets are on that path. The martyrs, those who gave their life, are on that path. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and the righteous people, we don't see them, but they've walked those same steps as you. You're not alone. And Allah says to us, just in case we didn't realize, and that there is the best click to roll with. That, those people, Anbiya, Siddiqeen, Shuhada, wa Salihin, that's the best click to roll with. Those are the best people to have as your partners who roll with you. Brothers and sisters, in life there are transitions. We're talking about persevering and then the need for realizing you're not alone. Perseverance in deen is not something you will do by yourself. You must develop and form networks of righteousness that will keep you on track. People that will run with you in the 10K and let you know you're not giving up right now. The finish line is ahead. You must develop those social networks. You must develop those groups. Why? Because the stronger you get, the more you realize you need people. Amr bin As, radiallahu ta'ala, and as I said, transitions in life are the most difficult things in the time that we need people the most. Amr bin As is a, an amazing companion of the Rasul, alayhi salatu wasalam, radiallahu ta'ala. Amr bin As was on his deathbed. I mean, this man has lived an illustrious life of righteousness. Accolades could be a whole workshop. He's sitting on his bed and he's surrounded Wabanina Shuhuda, surrounded by his sons and children. And he expresses some fear. He says, Oh my sons, when I die, I want you to bury me. When I die, I want you to bury me and put the, the dirt above me. And then he said something, listen close. You know how, if you're a parent, you may realize what I'm, you know the first time you drop your children off at school, at daycare, at kindergarten, you have to do something on the first day. You can't drop them off and leave. You got to stand by the door. You got to stand by, the, you can't walk away, you have to stand there. And as you stand there, your child will slowly start to move away as they acclimate themselves to this new environment. And once they acclimate, you dip. You leave. Because they've adjusted themselves. They're able to be alone and be in their new environment. Transitions are hard if done alone. Transitions are, done if, when you're, are hard when done alone. So Amr bin As, he says to them, after you bury me, don't leave me. He says, I want you to stay near my grave and read Quran and do dhikr. He said, I want you to stay as long as it takes to slaughter a camel, skin it, cut up the meat, 
and distributed. That's like two, three hours. He said, and then he says, Hatta asta nisubikum wa anduru mada uraji'u rusulu rabbi. He said, I want you to realize something. Before I say what he said, I want you to realize stop trying to be on this path of righteousness and persevering alone. We are believers. We help each other. We strengthen each other. A wall without, without the mortar between each, each brick is weak. We help each other. That is what the mu'mineen do. And we help each other in this dunya and we walk through the gates of Jannah together too. Mufti Abdul Wahab, yo, you ready? We going to your house first. Got the miftah? That joke, I don't know, whatever. Nah, we need each other here. And on the day of judgment, these relationships don't break. On that day, every two friends are enemies except the believers. Because the believers, they, they kept each other tight. Habibi, you wake up for Fajr? Yo, did you pray Isha? Yo, bro, what'd you do today? You read your Quran? Sister, did you read your Quran? We help each other. We are not meant to be on this road alone. So I want you to understand what this Jalil Sahabi, radiallahu an. He said to his sons, he said, when you bury me, don't leave. I'm not ready for you to go yet. He said, stay near me. He uses the word uns. The word uns is the same word that insan comes from. Uns means to be comfortable, to be familiar, to be social, to adjust, to acclimate. So he says, I need you to stay by my grave until I get comfortable. Because by y'all being around, when I hear your voice, it will remind me of what it was like before. And then he says, and then I will be able to calmly reply to the angels when they ask me, who is my Lord? What is my deen? And what do I say about Muhammad? What I want you to take from this story is that this great man, he said, radiallahu an." I need you by my side. It is not against masculinity to tell your boy, bro, I need to talk to you. You listening to YM? Is everyone listening? It is not weakness. The only one that loves for you to solve your problems by yourself is shaitan. The hadith tells us, the Rasul Sallallahu he said, Iyakum wal wahda. The Prophet said, you better stop being alone and handling things by yourself. Shaitan loves for you to be by yourself. And here's the deal. This is profound. The reason why Shaitan loves for you to be by yourself is because when you're by yourself, he can make you feel hopeless. You can't do it. You can't make it. 30 more years wearing hijab like that? You can't do that. 40 more years waking up for tahajjud? I can't do that. Makes you feel hopeless. If I was running that marathon by my race, I by myself, I guarantee I won't finish it. But it's only because I have people next to me saying, you can do it one more step. You can do it one more step. And there was no greater joy than running over that finish line, knowing that I wanted to quit after every step, but I did not quit.
We need people. Amr bin As, he said, I need you, radiallahu an. I need you next to me. He isn't the only one. Transitions are hard. You can't be alone in a transitional point in your life. If you are going through a transitional point right now, I ask you, who's your support network as Sheikh Navi talked about? Who's there with you? And as a family, we need to stop telling our siblings and children, solve your problems yourself. La. Be there for them. The Prophet ﷺ, he went through major transitions. But I kid you not, at every transition, Allah gave him someone. Let us begin at the age of 40. Our Habib has lived this good life, righteous man, well-known, well-respected. At the age of 36, he starts to see visions. He starts to hear things saying salam to him. And at the age of 40, it happens. A transition, the likes of which none of us could ever imagine. He went from just a a normal person to one of God's messengers. And transitions are hard. And to show how hard it is, Gabriel hugged him three times. Hugged him. Hugged him. Because sometimes you need somebody to hold you through a transition. Because sometimes you need someone to hold you. He ran down the mountain, scared, because that's normal. To be scared when life is changing, that's normal. That's prophetic. But what did God give him in that moment? Or who did God give him in that moment? He gave him a beautiful, amazing wife who was strong. Her name was Khadija radiallahu anha. And he said, لَقَدَ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي I'm scared. Brothers, when's the last time you've been scared? When's the last time you've verbalized that you were scared? When's the last time you were scared? I don't know what's happening with my mom. I don't know my, my dad. I don't know what's going on in school. I don't know what's going on with work. I don't even know what I want to be in life. When's the last time you were scared? But when's the last time you vocalized that? The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he came down that mountain quivering, shaking. But he was a man of man. He said to his beloved wife, لَقَدَ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي I'm scared. And in that moment, I tell you, she gave him strength. She said, Kella. You know what Kella means? By no means, no way. Heck no, no way. Kella. Uh-uh, no. La yukhzikallahu abadan. She gave him hope. She gave him hope. You must be lifting people up in your life. You, homework, today, the network around you, 
Are you lifting them up or making them feel they can't achieve the things they want to achieve? Are you lifting your sons up, telling them, La, you're going to do amazing. Are you saying to them, nothing's going to become of you? Are you lifting people up? Are you lifting people up? Or are you doing the work of the devil and pushing people down? Khadija lifted him up. She lifted him up. She lifted him up. And from that moment, he stayed standing. Are you listening? Jersey be sleep. She lifted this man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, up. And from that moment, he never sat back down. You are not meant to persevere alone. You need people. You need a Khadija. The brother's like, duh, like I've been trying to say that <laughs> to my mom for a minute here. The dude's texting his mom right now like, you heard what he said? Mama, I need Khadija to finish college. Yeah, you better get off Call of Duty, get a job, and then your mama will help you get married. But so long as you're doing COD all the time, ain't nobody giving nobody's hand to you. But once he's off Call of Duty, you better take care of that boy. Because everyone needs someone. That isn't the only transition our Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went through. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to migrate from the blessed city of Mecca to Medina. And as he was leaving, he turned around and he looked back at Mecca and he said, How sweet are you? He spoke to the city. How sweet are you? If it wasn't for these people, I would never leave you. If he spoke like that to a city, how did he speak to people? Ooh. Sallallahu alayhi wa But that transition didn't happen alone. Allah gave him someone. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. Who went in the cave before him and cleared it out. And said, now come in. Let's go together. And the final transition was the transition back to Allah. It's quite interesting that his final words were not La ilaha illallah. But according to the stronger narrations, his final words were Ila rafiqil a'la. As if he was being handed off from one companion to the highest companion. When he was passing away, getting closer to death, he said to his wives, do you mind if I spend my time with Aisha? I need to be with her right now. They understood this isn't a time for bickering. This is a time to give him what he needs. They said, yes, spend your time with Aisha. And the man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who began this message, Wrapped up by Khadija, he left this world being held by Aisha. You are not meant to persevere alone. You are meant to have people with you. Spiritually being alone is dangerous. 
We all need people to help us and regulate our spirituality. I don't mean by lifting us only, but also calming us down. See, some of us think that a good partner is a partner that's always going to encourage us to do more ibadah. Look. See, when I was running that race, my partner didn't just make me run faster. He often slowed me down. You better slow up. You're going to run out of energy. A good spiritual companion will tell you, yo, bro, slow up a little bit. You don't believe me? How about we look at the life of Abu Darda? My time is up. Abu Darda radiallahu an. He hosted Salman Farsi because the Prophet ﷺ made them brothers in Islam. So he visited him one night, and it's a long story, and I'll paraphrase it. Abu Darda was a man of ibadah. No shortcuts. Salman Farsi is sitting down eating food, and Ummi Darda walks out. Her clothes were a bit tattered. And Salman said, ma'am, sister, what's wrong? Why are you dressed like this? She said, because your friend don't care about dunya no more. He didn't say anything. Stayed quiet. Food was brought. They were about to eat. And Abu Darda said, I'm fasting. He said, well, if you don't eat, I won't eat. Abu Darda was forced to break his fast. There's this thought that the more strict you are, the more correct it is. Yeah, you know who had that belief? Khawarij. <laughs> Khawarij. Little later, time went on and they were about to go to sleep and Abu Darda made his guest room available to Salman Farsi radiallahu an. And then Abu Darda went to leave and Salman said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to pray like I do every night. He said, well, if you don't sleep, I won't sleep. And Abu Darda said, oh, my goodness, this guest of mine is ruining my ibadah. So Abu Darda slept and he pretended to sleep. When he thought Salman was sleeping, he got up. He said, nope, I'm awake. <laughs> Lay back down. Check the hadith. I'm not, it's not fabricated. This is a hadith. After a third of the night. Salman Farsi got up. He said, now we get up and pray. The next morning, Abu Darda was hot. <laughs> Wifey want no new clothes. Broke my fast. Didn't pray Qiyamul late. I'm going to tell. Who do you tell? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Told the whole story. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Sadaqa Salman. Salman did the right thing. Your body, your, your wife has a haq. Give her her haq. Your body has a haq. Give it its haq. Your eyes have a right. Give it its right. Give everything its right. Don't let your religiosity throw you off the track. What I'm trying to tell you is we aren't meant to be on this journey. Now build your network and persevere. Assalamu alaikum.